This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Hello and welcome to Analyze This, the self-help podcast that just can't help itself. I'm one of your two Hannahs, Hannah Hart. Hannah Gelb is not joining us today because she is busy having a job. And this is also my job and her job. We'll get her back as soon as we possibly can, everybody. Today, we have an extremely special guest who is joining us. You may be familiar with her quote-unquote shitty robot creations, but we have Simone Geertz. It's actually pronounced Yach, which makes no sense. I think in any language, I've been trying to find the language in which that, that's okay. Simone Yach, please enjoy. Simone, wow. Yach? I know. <laughs> I just think my ancestors were trolls. Uh, like literal troll people. I, I mean, or just like internet trolls, but mm. before the internet, because it doesn't make any sense. I think it's, so I'm from Sweden, okay, but it doesn't make sense in Swedish either. And I think it might be Dutch and oh. maybe it makes sense in are, Dutch. When you say I'm from Sweden. Yes. You are from Sweden. Like born and raised, lived there for majority of my life, have been in the States for four years. Three no. and a half. Yes. Really? Yeah. You're, but I, I don't hear any trace of an accent. I try very hard to assimilate. It's sometimes, I mean, it, it's mostly like cultural context that gets me, but also like people laugh at how I pronounce things. Uh, what what words are hard for you to pronounce? I don't think it's hard to, I, ooh, yeah, actually I struggle with button. Button? Button. Oh, okay. Button. <laughs> That's, I've just seen a lot of like, the only way I find out that I do it funny is because people comment on the internet. Or recently I posted a video where I talked about the movie Turang Narok. Which is like a Norse god. So I pronounce it Turangnarak. I don't even know how to pronounce it in English. And people, like majority of the comments were about that. Is this why I was asked to ask you about Thor Ragnarok? Oh, yeah. Is that how you say it? <laughs> yes, that is how my people say it. Oh, wow. Yeah. Wait, can you do it again? Turangnarak. Turangnarak. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's like a, a Swedish god. How do you say Chris Hemsworth? Is he Swedish? Well, he's... I mean, I'm... Tord. Oh, um, Chris Hemsworth. Oh, I don't even know. <laughs> I'd like to give Chris Hemsworth a kiss of my own. Just kidding. Well, it's just not appropriate. Really. Yeah. Like a consensual kiss, maybe yeah. on the cheek if he's okay. Oh, with and it. only if my fiance was like, hey, Hannah, if you want to pass, I guess you can use it yeah. on Chris Hemsworth. That's yeah. fine. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if she feels particularly threatened by him, to be honest. I mean, I would be threatened by him, but yeah. I've just. Yeah. Yeah. Do you worship the Norse gods? I do not. No. I, not personally, but I don't think Sweden is, as a nation has actively been worshiping those gods in a long time, but we learned about them in school. Oh, in what context? Was it like, this is mythology or like, please, yeah. this is your people? No, it's Remember. just like funny stories from the past. Oh. Religion. Religion. Yeah. Isn't it funny? So are you a Viking? I don't know. I sometimes sign contracts as like, am I allowed to cuss? Yeah. Motherfucking Viking. Yeah. Because it says like signing your full name and then 
title mm-hmm. and I don't know what to put as title. What do you put? Viking. And then I just like motherfucking Viking. And, and people very rarely point it out because I think people don't really look at it. Yeah, no, they really don't. I've, I've put CEO, president, owner, self. Mm. I think I'm going to have to explore motherfucking Viking. That makes me feel really good. <laughs> and your name is Simone though. Yes. Okay. And yeah. in Swedish, it's Simone. 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 Yeah. Okay. And it's Yach. 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 Yeah. Yach. Okay. But my full name is Simone Luna Luis Sadlund Yach. Mm, I see so you are I... speaking backwards at yes. me. That's <laughs> uh, interesting. It's yeah, something it's... known as a foreign language. Something, okay. And also parents who couldn't hold their horses when it came to giving you Middle names. names. <laughs> yeah. They're just like, let's throw them all in there. So one more time. Simone Luna Luis Sadlund Yach. So I heard the Liz in there. Luis. 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 Like Luis. Yeah. So oh, what's really? the bastardized American version? Simone Luna Louise Sutherland Gertz. Okay. Maybe. Do you have any middle names? Only one. What is that? Maud. Maud. Yeah. It's- How is Maud as a name in the States? Beautiful, in my opinion. I mean, I think Maud is a great name. M-A-U-D. I love looking at it physically. Yeah. I think that Maud is such a beautiful looking name. But like if you were to think of a concoct a stereotypical mod. I am named after my great grandmother. So okay. yes, it is if it, it is in old, fact an old lady. lady. Yeah, because yeah. that's that's in Sweden as well. I mean, maybe like <laughs> growing Sweden up, well. I think I had like a, a kindergarten teacher named, named Maud, Maud who's and she was older old. already then. Yeah. Already done. Already then. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> no. Nobody's already oh, done already at any done. point. Yeah. yeah. Fully fully baked. Yeah. <laughs> Um, Simone, for those who are not fortunate enough to know about why you might be here today, how would you describe your career path? Well, let let me give you a little bit of what I know about you, okay? okay. I know you from your amazing shitty robot creations and various internet memes and videos through which you have become a beloved part of internet culture. I would not dare say that, but I'll, I'll silently nod. Yes, yes. Yeah. Truly beloved. No, I, I, can I change my nod to a shrug? Okay, like I'll take a, a humble, shrug. A like, humble oh, shrug. I, I, I don't know. Yeah. As the only woman making shitty robots on the internet with a sudden rise to fame, I'm sure there are other people out there making shitty robots. Just own it, man. <laughs> the thing is, I haven't really made shitty robots in a long time now. You think I love being known as my drunk kitchen girl? But you're still doing it. Every now and then. Yeah. Yeah. But it's like, because you have that thing that kind of puts you you on the internet map Mm. and then it's like sticks around. But recently I made a project where I converted uh, my Tesla. I have a Tesla Model 3 that I bought and that I converted into a pickup truck. And now for the first time, when people see me in the street, they're not like, ah, shitty robots. They're like, ah, truck lady. And I was like, oh yeah, that feels good. Just a little bit of variety. You just want to be known for your creative, inventive endeavors. Something. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, just things. I mean, I build things. That's like the core of the YouTube channel that I run is I I make different things. But I mean, I do like metalworking. Yeah. Recently a car project and then did some robotics back in the wild. I also had a brain tumor. Those are like my two claims to fame. Shitty Mm. robots and brain tumors. Mm. And now trucks. (laughs) And now truck. Yeah. Truck. A truck. I mean, a humbling. We'll see you're how like, many oh, plural. You're not I, there yet. I don't have a Tesla truck, so I don't know if you're the trucks girl. I'm pretty sure you're truck girl. Truck. Yes, not I, plural. Look, as somebody who was also very aware of what was opening the door to opportunity for me, every decision I made was a decision and an effort to not only be mm. the drunk girl who cooks. Yeah. 
That being said, eight years into my career, after two best-selling books, a bunch of movies, a lot of like advocacy and a lot of other work, yeah, people always return to the first moment they knew you. Yeah. But it is not anything to not feel proud of. I always like to say, dance with the one that brought you, you know? So when people talk about MDK, I'm like, that's right. Even though being a drunk online cook has not been my highest aspiration in my life. Yeah. Does that make sense? No, I mean, it is a little bit of a like love-hate relationship. And I love shitty robots. I think they're hilarious. But I also felt like, oh, I want to do other things. Like I'm curious about, it's not that I'm not interested in shitty robots anymore, but I'm just just really interested. Yeah. And I'm like interested in other things, but it's definitely, I mean, I imagine that being for like artists to have one hit song and they're like, I really so happy that that happened. And for the opportunities that it brought me, but can somebody please listen to the other album tracks as well? That will be the rest of your career. Yeah. (laughs) Working on the album. Mm -hmm. Can I tell a story? Yes, you may. Thank you for asking. So polite. I love the Swedes. Yeah. <laughs> Cause we talked about doing this podcast and I talked to my assistant about it and I was like, man, but I feel like, oh, I feel like Hannah didn't want to be my friend or that she dissed me or something like oh that. Oh my God. And, and my a, assistant. I was Scott. not prepared for this story. What is no, this? No, no, stemming it's a good from? no, no, okay. you did nothing wrong. But, and my assistant Scott was like, no, Simone, the thing you're remembering is that we were at a party at South by Southwest. And you saw Hannah. Which year? What year? I've been to like five. Two years ago, I okay. think. And you wanted to talk to her. But then later when you tried to find her, she wasn't there anymore. And oh, I had great. somehow so we filed never... that away emotionally as like, Hannah doesn't want to be my friend. Oh my and then I'm like, wow, I'm terrible. <gasps> oh my God. Yeah, it's like, let's let's take everything as a slight and just <laughs> store it in that emotional archive. And when somebody reaches out and was like, you want to hang out? I was like, no, I feel like I have some... <laughs> Something lurking there in the emotional archives. Deep recesses of my mind and heart. Well, get ready for a long, happy career in entertainment then. Yeah. And how soon was it that you developed a brain tumor after that? Oh, I'm not blaming. I'll take full. I will take it. No, apparently that was 10 to 15 years in the making. So yes. It might have coincided when you started your career. Uh, no, that was no, eight, eight years, years ago. ago so but maybe it's still I mean, okay. it's 10 years ago, kind of. So, For the record, I'm very happy to meet you. And I'm glad that we got a chance to connect in this environment as opposed to South By, where it most assuredly would have been a hazy blur. I'd be like, hey. Hey, you're a person. I'm a person, I'm a person too. Are you tired? Yeah, I'm so tired. tired. Yeah. I love that, though. And your assistant was correct. So kudos. No, no. I mean, I... I just thought it was really funny because I was like, oh, wow. Yeah, that was the thing. Our brains have a way of doing that, you know, as interpreting anything. That's like, I think, the burden of anticipation or like excitement is that without even you knowing, it becomes emotional response. No, because you get, yeah, because you get a feeling and then that's what sticks. Like, it's always the feeling. Yeah. Yeah. I get that. And there's been a great number of people who I, in fact, have had the chance to meet who have let me down in that interaction. Yeah. So I would say in passing, not getting the chance to yet connect is kind of preferable to I've met you and now I hate you. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, gosh. Don't you hate making people disappointed? I do, actually. Yeah. But I'm trying not to hate it so much because disappointment is a natural part of life. Yeah. It really is. It's a natural part of life and it's a-okay. Yeah. I heard somebody was like, oh, wow, she was really not the way I expected her to be. Just because like I was at a climbing gym and you're just like, oh, hi. And that hurts so much because you're just like, oh, wow, I like disappointed somebody. But I don't know what they expected of me where it's like, 
you're a person I've never met and I'm trying to work out. The best thing you can do is just stay yourself in all environments because you are an inventor, you are a builder, and you are choosing to share your gifts. And when your gifts become popular, your gifts meaning the gifts that you're making, you yeah. know, I have this really big philosophy that talent in and of itself is not the gift. You are not the gift. It is that what you create becomes a gift to others. Because of that, you're not the commodity. You're the producer. You're the inventor. You're the builder. Mm. So always remember that and don't try and change yourself in any way, shape, or form. You could yeah. smile like at this stranger at the gym if you want. But no, I mean, I do. And I, I try to be really, really good when because I know people are nervous and so they want to be good it, to people. This but. is what I think. I think it's if you were like a man, you don't have to take responsibility for how they feel. And if you're at your climbing gym having your you time, you just be you. Be yeah. like, oh, hey, yeah, this is the extent of our interaction this time. So have a great day. I'll give you a chalky high five. Chalky high five, man. And yeah. that's all I got for you. Yeah. See you on the flip side. Yeah. Yeah. I felt a lot of responsibility towards other people when I started my career. But then again, I realized that it was only because I've always had that feeling. I always feel responsible for everyone. And I've just got to regulate that. But isn't that also a part of like being an entertainer in some way? Like I, I guess I've been thinking about that. Like, why do I feel like I always need to entertain people or tell jokes and my mom said, like, she's like, oh, I watched these, like, old vacation videos from when we were kids. My siblings and I were kids. She's like, as soon as somebody starts getting a little bit grumpy, it mm. was like I kickstarted and started, like, tap dancing and trying to be like, hey, what about we have some fun? And in some way, that is, like, taking, being entertainment, entertaining is in some way taking responsibility for other people because yeah. you're, like, so attuned and constantly trying to manage other people's emotions and making sure that they're okay and that they're having a good time. And yeah. I hear you. And you're correct. Yeah. I, this is the part where I insert sage advice or insert like feedback. But no, I mean like, yeah, man, that's that's it. Is that what this is? This is like a therapy session. That's what, but, oh, analyze this? That yeah, is I mean, I thought, I thought it was like, okay, so I can get advice from you. Oh, 100%. Oh. Oh, my God. You can ask me anything. Analyze this is really just about analysis, you know, yeah. which is the time to analyze a Vec, a Hannah. Yeah. And that's it. I mean, I do want to not deny our listeners the privilege of hearing how you got your start and oh, what has come to today. Sorry, I And then we can just go back into yeah. as much of the Hannah as you want. Okay. What's the TLDR mm -hmm. of your career? Education, first videos, mm -hmm. making the decision to pursue this full-time. No problem. With a brain tumor, just toss that in there. Some, yeah, but that was, that was last year. So that was, oh, that was, yeah. that was all news. Past, yeah, or after all that. Yeah, I did, don't really have an education, not properly. Was crazy ambitious in school, like in high school. I was like front row, Hermione Granger. Then I started studying physics in college because that was the hardest thing you could do. It was what my grandpa did. It was the only Swedish astronaut had done before and I wanted to be an astronaut. So I was like, okay, let's do that. And also this would be an opportunity for me to prove to myself that I am smart. Yes, as Turn if out, all the years prior... And somehow contradicted yeah, you know, that. you just want to try the <laughs> hardest thing because why do things that are fun? It's not like you're better at things you actually enjoy than things you have to suffer through. So you didn't love physics. I mean, I liked <laughs> math. I love math. I just don't love math eight hours a day, maybe. So I did that for a year and then I dropped out and was like, maybe not because I just felt like it stimulated one part of my brain a lot. But then there were other parts that kind of crumbled and died a little bit. Mm. Sorry to everyone who hmm. really enjoys studying physics. Hey, if it feeds your soul, that is yeah. all good. We're all different. Yep. So I 
did a little bit of a detour. I mean, I have to like, I used to be a mixed martial arts reporter and a journalist. I worked as an editor for Sweden's official website. I worked as an English teacher in China. I started studying at an advertising school. I ran a startup. So I was just doing like lots of odd stuff. And it kind of felt like trying on different pants and being like, do these pants fit me? Yeah, like they feel pretty good, but they're also like a little bit too tight or crawling up my butt a little bit. And you're just trying out all these different jobs. Right. And you're like, maybe the thing I like to do is try on different pairs of pants. Yeah, totally. And I'm just going to like be a chronic work jumper. But and I was working for the Swedish government for Sweden's official website. And I remember I was like, Ugh, I just need to like be content with things not moving that fast. And for once, like stick with something longer than, and then I was like, maybe I should be in a work environment where it's a good asset to be okay with change mm-hmm. and fast pace. The benefits and all of, of the that. generalist. Yeah. As opposed to the of, yeah. people who are specialists, right? We yeah. always talk so much about specialists. Where's the kudos to people that have the ability to adapt and to dabble and to bring a lot of different things to the table and a lot of different yeah. experiences and above all else, enthusiasm. Yeah. You know, I have a big ass head and I can put a lot of hats on it. Yeah. It fits a lot of hats. There's just hats everywhere covering 360 around my head. So at what point did you build a robot to put that hat on your head? So I started studying at an advertising school (laughs) and there I was like advertising, but building things is really fun and programming is really fun. So I kind of just focused on that. I just kept on building these things and I really enjoyed building just silly, lighthearted things because it made me not take myself too seriously. And when we say building these robots, I have one small, possibly supremely ignorant question. How do you define a robot? Uh, There are technical definitions of robots, but mostly, I mean, I said I built shitty robots, but I mostly just built funny machines and a few of them were actual robots, like a robot arm that served me breakfast and it just pours milk and cereal everywhere or things like that. But it was mostly just shitty machines. So Mm -hmm. I made a wake up machine and it was an alarm clock that slaps me in the face with a rubber hand, just like silly inventions mostly. But shitty robots is a much better thing than silly inventions. So it all started because there was a subreddit called slash r slash shitty robots. And that was where I kind of started posting my machines. That's how I found out about you. Yeah, no, Reddit was like a huge part of it. And I owe especially that subreddit so much. And then people started calling me the queen of slash R slash shitty robots. And then at some point the slash R dropped out. That really informs my impression of you. Yeah. Because it helps me really understand the position that you're in right now. Where you kind of have this thing that you did and then you're trying to broaden what you do and cut up the pigeonhole with a jigsaw. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So th- here's the choice I made. Yeah. Which was to always do both. Yeah. And I always used to do my drug kitchen once a week and then another piece of content. It took me probably maybe three or four years to get the chip off my shoulder about my drug kitchen. Because really? I had a big chip on my shoulder about it. Wow. Yeah. It's called my drunk kitchen. And like, I have alcoholics in my family, man. Like, I don't want to be this person that's out there in the world, like endorsing drinking. Yeah. Like that doesn't feel good at all, you know? And so I had a big chip on my shoulder about it. And I would be kind of like, oh, my drunk kitchen, oh, my drunk kitchen. And then I heard this quote, the dance with the one that brought you quote. Mm. And it freed me from that feeling. The more I allowed myself to just always give my hat tip not abandon this thing that had brought so much joy to so many people. Yeah. The more accessible I was to my own other ideas. Yeah. Because it was, the question was over. I was like, yep, got it. My drug kitchen. Sure. I'll make that. Mm. And then I could let myself do other things. Yeah. You know, it was like checking a box. 
And now I do MDKs when I want to. Yeah. And when people want to do them, because that's like, that's kind of the thing. And like, I feel you, I get it. There's so much more to the tapestry of what you want to do and what you want to leave behind and who you are than just this one entry point. However, this is the most commonly accessible entry point to you. Yeah. Right now. It's funny because when you make content like that, it's like it keeps on circulating and getting recycled on the internet as a meme and and things like that. And it's always resurfacing. But for me, having health issues and getting or having a brain tumor was like a good pivot point in some way or just a point like to be like, oh, is this really what I want to do? Like, I think it's really fun, but it's starting to get harder and harder to come up with ideas. Like, maybe I should just let myself do other things and kind of go on this like aimless journey, just exploring. Yeah. And that was what brought me to Shitty Robots in the first place. Just letting myself like, oh, this feels fun. I don't know why I can't put it, put my finger on it. And it wasn't that I was like doing it because I had some target audience in mind. Like it was always just me who was the target audience. And that's like, still how I do things. It's just like, I do it because I think it's fun. And if other people think it's fun, then great. Yep. But the person you are today is somebody that has something under their belt already. Yeah. Now people know you. In some corners. In some corners of the internet. But yeah, in almost in a way, success becomes a hindrance. For me, what helped was just thinking of it as that entry point. This is my entry point. This is my familiar. This is my touchstone for how people know me. So my biggest fear. Mm, Getting sucked into a jet engine. Is one of them, which, you know, I'm so glad I got to be near a jet engine when we filmed that video. Guys, if you haven't seen it yet, please go check it out. So I want to talk about your brush with death. Uh huh. <laughs> which one? Oh, God. No. Any, all, just, et cetera. That's kind of like everybody's biggest fear, right? Like having a brain tumor? Yeah, it is a little bit like the ace of spades of health conditions. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How was that, man? <laughs> I rated two out of 10 stars, maybe. I mean, I had, so in, in some way I, I had it, like it, it sucked. It was pretty terrible from time to time, but I also had it. I mean, I'm, I'm so lucky in all of this because I got no reduction of my cognitive abilities. I had no, I didn't get any brain injury from it, mm. which takes such a long time to recover from. So not was, only from the onset or its existence, but also its removal. Yes. You, so for both the tumor can cause that and the surgery can cause that. And I also underwent radiation th- treatment. Mm. So there were a lot of things that were great about it. There's something really healthy about experiencing being unhealthy because it gives you this other appreciation for things. And, and a part of being young is often feeling invincible. And you're just like, oh, those are things that happen to other people, not to me. So I, I feel like in some ways, oh, this is going to sound so cliche. I might barf a little bit by saying it, but it mm. does feel like it has made me a better person. Mm. Not a better person as in like, oh, I'm a better person, but just like you just have a more reasonable take on life. Oh, God, that's nice to hear. Yeah, had you ever thought about death prior or thought about your own fragility, mortality? Not really. And it was such a hard, like it was really hard to process it and take it in because I was so healthy mm. in the sense that the only symptom I had was that my right eye was a little bit swollen and that it like started looking a bit funny. And I was in no pain and I wasn't, I didn't have any motor issues or anything. So I was, I was feeling really healthy and then after surgery, like, yeah, recovering from surgery takes a long time and recovering from radiation treatment takes a long time, but it's still, I never felt, it never really felt like it had to do with my brain. Mm. It was just more general body. And had you ever thought like, I guess for me, I'm somebody who lives in this like constant, grateful, mournful state. 
you know, yeah. of life's impermanence, yeah. you know? And so it's hard for me to imagine that kind of like youthful vigor of invincibility. Like I've never felt invincible. I wish I had at any point in my life. Why do you think that is? I don't know. I remember the first time I really processed death, I was like four or five and I was looking at the moon and I was like, oh my God, the moon is so far away from us. It's so far away. I'm going to die, <laughs> you know? And I was like, <gasps> and I got like somehow, and I've just, it's, it's always been something that's very much been top of mind for me, mm. which I, th- I suppose is a blessing and a curse in that it's a blessing because I take everything about life pretty seriously. And it's a curse because I take everything about life a little bit too seriously. Mm. You know, there's like that healthy balance between life and death, which I believe is called the human experience. Probably something like that. Probably something like that. So what are your hopes and dreams for your uh, remaining years as we all have? (laughs) I want to go to space. Yeah? Yeah. That's what I'm working towards. Do you still want to be an astronaut? Yeah, I want to, but I want to be more of a space tourist than an astronaut. And I want to do the first TV show in space. Oh, space tourist. Yeah. Preferably going to the ISS. That's what I'm really aiming for. But who knows? I mean, it's a literal moonshot. What do you... Wow. Uh-huh. That's uh, I have prepared all the puns. You oh all my. the puns. I mean, I'm I'm ready for this. What else do I need to prepare? Uh, I mean, what are some other puns you've prepared? <laughs> you know, I'm ready for them. It's a moonshot. That's so good. <laughs> Clearly you've got star power. Hey. hey. So I think so you're keep- I think you're ready for space too. I am. Give this girl some space. Yeah. <laughs> but I think I think it's that, but also just I mean, it's so fun to do this job. Like I love my job. There's also a lot of things that are really difficult about it. And that I try to trying to get to a position where, or to a point where you've kind of wrangled the downsides of it, which is like constant pressure to feel like you have to put things up. Well, there's and, constant short-term goals and yeah. short-term gains. Like it's hard for me to even understand how you, and this is ironic coming from somebody who has spent the majority of their career defining their career to other people, but I would have a hard time qualifying you. Would you call yourself like a YouTuber? Sometimes, but I'm a really bad YouTuber because I upload like one video a month, if even that, incredibly irregular. But that was a choice that I made really early on because everyone was trying to like, I mean, you probably felt that too, the pressure to have an uploading schedule and that's how you make it grow and blah, blah, blah. And that's what your people watching you expect. And I was always like, no, I don't want to do that because it's going to run. I've just always wanted to make sure that I run this monster and not the other way around. Yeah. And that's something that that is something that you'll have to really be mindful of in the decisions that you make and stuff and the people that you bring into your life. Because if you are like, I'm a builder, I'm an inventor. That is my definition. If you are like by using YouTube as a monetary platform, I can fund my dreams and ambitions. Great. You know, always know why you're doing things because it makes it not cheap. You know what I mean? Like if I'm like, yeah, I like to maintain the health of my YouTube channel. It's because it is something that has like gotten me to this point in my career. Mm -hmm. And I love having a gatekeeper free outlet for my ideas and creativity in terms of short form videos. But it's kind of like not letting the thing that's making you money right now be the vision. 
Yeah, that, but also not buying into other people's metrics of success because on YouTube, I mean, it's like you're chasing these numbers and it's so much about like getting more subscribers and views and engagement and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, I just realized that's not really my definition of success because there are people who have huge YouTube channels and they're not happy with what they're doing or not proud of the content they're putting out. It kind of feels like you constantly have to remind yourself of like, okay, I want to have complete autonomy. I want to have complete autonomy over the projects I do and over my time. I also want to be proud of the things I put up and staying true to those things. It means, yeah, I put out like a video a month and that's fine. And it's at the detriment of the success of my channel, but it's, I feel better about it. And also like I'm starting a product development company on the side, which is working on all these other things. Because I mean, you've got it right, man. Your instincts are correct. Yeah, but everyone's telling you that you're wrong or that that's not how you should do it. I'm not and telling you you're wrong. I'm saying no, you're, you're right. right. Thank you. You're right. You're yeah. right. And it sucks. And it's not going to make other people money, but you're right. YouTube is a quality space that masquerades as a quantity space where Mm -hmm. it's like, this is the content by virtue of the word means something exists that I want to make and put out there. I want to make content. I want to make something. Not everything you make is going to be a trillion views. And that's okay, man. Like, you know what I mean? It's only not okay for other people who care about your trillions and that's how they define your value to them. I mean, I just put out a video and it didn't perform great, but the people who watched it liked it and I, I liked it. And that's like what I really try to hold on to. Just those are the things that are important because I've had putting out videos that I'm not hundred percent proud of and it's mortifying. I really don't like that. So yeah, I mean, and that's really my goal and it, that it's kind of project agnostic in this way. I just want to enjoy what I'm doing and have a lot of autonomy. Yep. And that could be anything. And also I just want to feel like if I wake up tomorrow and I'm like, man, orchids are super cool. I want to do all the orchids Let's now. Fuck orchids, that's fine. Man, they're yeah. crazy. Yeah. No, have you kept pretty, an orchid well. alive? Yeah. What a finicky bitch. No, they're super finicky. It's really, yes. it's hard. No, they, they like don't even look at you and you're like, I put so much time, but you got to don't or water ice, it. You know, ice cube. You ever heard about the ice cube? No. Put an ice cube on it. Let the ice cube slowly melt. Oh, yeah. Because I just heard you There's should- There's a soak philosophy. Should, yeah. Because Look, they don't want bubbles uh, on the roof. I roots. hear you. I have a tomato plant I'm growing right now. We can look at it right after this. All I will say is this. You do have a goal and your goal is autonomy. That's a hard goal. That's your goal. What? It, like, yeah. If you're like, I want to have autonomous control of my career, that's- something that you'll be making decisions around. That's a goal, man. Like that's hard to do. That's a journey. That's something that you're going to have to maintain. And sometimes maintaining autonomy means doing the occasional brand deal, doing the occasional upload or collab or blah, blah, blah. And you just always have to remember when you look at it and you're thinking, quote unquote, didn't perform well, or, oh, am I not doing X enough? You have to think to yourself, did it serve my purpose of maintaining my autonomy? Yeah. And if the answer is yes, then you're in good shape. Straight up. Sorry, guys. This podcast hasn't been very helpful to our listeners, but uh, it's how I feel. I, I mean, this is- Let like, me honestly, review our like, pre-approved outline. I live in San Francisco. There are no other YouTubers. Okay, there are a few YouTubers, but there are very few YouTubers. And it's really nice to meet other people in the similar, and especially people who've been on the platform for a long time and just be like, how do you think about this? Because we're all in our own little puddles trying to figure it out. Yeah. And there's just a lot of conclusions that you reach and that other people are like, oh, I reached that in 2014. It's kind of just good to compare notes and be like, this is how I think about it. How do you think about about it. Being able to have this taste of independence, we're probably not going to return to any of that. Don't worry about it. 
Simone just looked at the outline and I was like, I uh, just kind of want to see the you, questions. Some good I'm like, stuff are there any here. questions I want to ask myself? Yeah. Are there any questions you want to be asked? You Ooh. think about that as I say my concluding thought. Yes. You've been given a great opportunity and it's okay to value it and to work towards maintaining it while not sacrificing what got you here and why you like to be here because you don't want to turn it into a space you don't like to be in. What's the point of that? Might as well go work a job with a salary and benefits, which would be great. That's a great thing. Yes. You know, let's be real. I also have a lot of questions from Twitter, but maybe, you know what? I'll talk with you about that on my drunk kitchen because there's going to be a whole period of time while water's boiling as we make spaghetti. Let's make spaghetti. We're going to make such good spaghetti. You're hungry. You've eaten a lot of snacks. Oh, it's going to be so good. Yeah. Simone, quick question. What are some things you do to manage your self-care? I need to sleep a lot. I sleep like nine to 11 hours a night. And that's like one of the staples that I've noticed. If I compromise with that, everything kind of falls a little bit. I meditate every day. I do some sort of physical activity every day, even if it's just for 10 minutes. Yeah. And I think also just letting myself spend time on things I enjoy. There's this notion that if it's not painful or you have to push yourself to do it, it can't be important. Like for me, that's like building things in my workshop. Even though that's a part of my job, I still feel guilty when I'm doing it because I'm like, I should be going through emails or like editing this video. So just constantly reminding yourself that like it is okay to aimlessly do something that you just do because you enjoy it because that's like the grown up version of playing. What's the difference between a wanderer and an explorer? A wanderer and an explorer. You know? Uh, I don't know. Is there a difference or is it how we perceive them? I feel like this is deep on a level that's going to require a late night. Further thought. Further thought. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Okay. That's, that's fair. Looking that's fair. at the moon and being like, we're all going to die. What's the difference between a wanderer and an explorer? I mean, you're welcome. <laughs> sure. <laughs> T-shirt opportunity? T-shirt opportunity? Maybe. But I am selling a cookbook. Get it now. MyDrinkKitchenHolidays.com. Uh, Simone, I am so excited to get in the kitchen and to cook with you. So yes, I feel very satisfied with our, our conversation, our discussion, and our digressions. If you guys want to hear more from Simone, where can people find you on the internet? At Simone Gertz. How do you spell it? G-I-E-R-T-Z. Everywhere. Also, just Google Shitty Robots or truck lady might bring it to me. <laughs> Tesla truck lady. We got to Tesla go. truck lady. Truckla. Yeah. Truckla, Truckla will most definitely bring you to me. Very good. Very good. And if you guys have enjoyed listening to this podcast, you can support this podcast by joining at patreon.com slash analyze this. This podcast is ad free uh, only for the next couple months if we don't get some more patrons in there, baby. Otherwise, I'm going to let them in and start doing ads. So if you've been on the fence about joining Patreon, please go to patreon.com slash analyze this. Just $5 a month. You know, it's like buying a Hannah a cup of coffee. Other than that, rate, review, subscribe, and uh, Simone, let's get cooking. Yeah. Yeah, let's do it. Save yourselves. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. <laughs>